Friends, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. That worship was just so amazing. I keep on reminding you that we have worship night where we get to spend unhurried times with the Lord. We linger longer in His presence. And this last week, we had worship night and amazing things happened at that worship night. So you don't want to miss the last one of the year. It's going to be the first Thursday of November where we get to fast, pray, and worship the Lord together. Amen. We are finishing off REACH, our sermon series about missions and church planting. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about God's heart for the nations. And uh, I have the privilege of sharing the word with our missions pastor, uh, Tiam Uosthazen. And uh, I want to just warn you, when Tiam speaks, you want to have your seatbelts on, because everyone, you're going to sign up to go on missions after Tiam speaks. You want to go and go make a, a, a difference in the nations. I want to start by sharing a testimony with you because testimonies build faith. When we hear testimonies of what God is doing, they really build faith. So um, this testimony, I heard about it at our Connect group uh, together with Tony, our Thursday morning men's group. Nduluma was there. Nduluma shared a testimony of uh, something that happened through a lady who is in their family Connect group at their house. Her name is Vanessa. And Vanessa was at peak and pay, and while on the queue going to the till, um, she started a conversation with this lady. And by the way, I need to just remind you how easy it is to start conversations. You can start a conversation like, how was that rugby game on Friday? Isn't that an easy way to start a conversation? You know, like God is really helping us. You know, uh, we warn, if you didn't know, against Italy. You know, Canada, we're praying. (laughs) We're praying for Canada on Tuesday that we will be able to win against Canada. We're not praying for Canada. We're praying that we win against Canada. That's one of the ways to start a conversation. You can start a conversation by talking about the weather. Like, we've had summer and winter, summer and winter. Many ways to start a conversation. So, this is to say that wherever we are, it is a mission field. Wherever we are, it's not just about going to the nations. We start right here at home. I don't know whether you do your shopping at Pick and Pay or at Woolies where you amalgamate. It is still going to the nations. It is still sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. So this lady, Vanessa, she started a conversation with the lady. She finds out that she's unemployed, and she invites her to her own connect group that she started recently. And that connect group happened to me just before the 12 o'clock service. So they, she comes to the connect group, and after the connect group, they come to the service just a few weeks ago. And because we have ministry team praying after the service, the lady came for prayer, trusting the Lord for a job. And that's what happened in Duluma and Ochi were there. They prayed for her. That very same Sunday afternoon, she gets a call. She's invited to come for an interview the following day on Monday. And after that interview, she was offered a job. Yes, we can thank God for that. That even in the midst of this tough economic situation, God still provides for His people. And for this woman... She needed to be here on that Sunday to get that prayer. And that Sunday afternoon, she got the job, she got this call to remind her how much God loves her. To remind her of how much God loves her. I had another testimony, same again Thursday morning, of this guy. They've just moved back to South Africa when people are moving out of South Africa. And he was offered two jobs. God provides for his people. Amen. So remember, the mission field is not just going to the nations. The mission field is here with us. I want to just uh, start by asking this question to all of us. 
I, I know that uh, the state of the world may look and seem depressing, and we ask this question, where is God in the midst of all that is happening? When we look at the nations and we say, what is God saying about the nations in all that's happening? This statement helps me. It says, this is from Billy Graham, I have read the last page of the Bible. It's all going to turn all right. It's all going to turn all right. And there's a song written about that. I have read the back of the book and we win. It was sang by the cathedrals. If you don't know who they are, don't worry. You might just disclose how old you are. I have read the back of the book and we win. What that means is despite all that's happening in the world today, when I close my eyes, I know that we are going to win. I have read the back of the Bible, and we're going to win. And if you read the book of Revelation, if you want to know what it says, it says the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and Savior. So in the end, the kingdom of our God is going to take over from all the kingdoms of this world. So that is an encouragement to us that no matter what is happening today, it has been spoken that our Lord is going to take over. So this is our text for today speaks of a prophecy that's going to help us understand what God is doing in the nations. The word of the Lord that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. It shall come to pass that in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be lifted up above the hills and all the nations shall flow to it. And many people shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall decide disputes for many peoples. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. So friends, from this word that we've read, I want to bring your attention to some of the phrases that I've highlighted here. The first thing it says, it shall come to pass that in the latter days. So you ask yourself the question, what does he mean when he says in the latter days? And I believe that this prophecy was speaking on two errors in Christendom or in the process of redemption that the Lord has given us. To remind you the process of redemption, it starts with creation and then there was a fall and then Jesus came, that's redemption, and then restoration, that is at the end of the age. So the two errors that he's speaking about is the first coming of Jesus Christ, that's the messianic error. And the second error that he's speaking about is the second coming of Jesus Christ that is spoken about in Revelation 20 and Revelation 21. And I don't have time this morning to unpack Revelations 20 and 21, but I will encourage you, if you want to learn more about the end times, we have this course that we run in this church, Leadership 215, where we go into depth about the end times. But I want to bring your attention to the fact that sometimes when we hear these prophecies, we ask ourselves, are they really going to come? Is it really going to happen? 
And now I want to tell you that some of these prophecies are taking place, but some of them are yet to come. So this is the one that I believe is happening right now. It says, as we read here, it says that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be lifted up above the hills and all the nations shall flow to it. So I want to first speak about the mountain and the house. So Scripture didn't just speak about the mountain. It spoke about the mountain and about the house of the Lord. So what this means is that there is a mountain, and on top of a mountain, there is a house. Isn't that picture looking great? I don't know how they get up there, but that house really looks pretty. It looks lovely. I would love to, li- to live up there. There is a mountain, and there is a house. So what it means, every time you read Scripture, you find that Scriptures, when it speaks about mountains, mountains represent government or governance because mountains tower over the people. That is why when you look in history, kings will build their houses like King David on the mountain because it speaks about government. And now the house, I believe it speaks about the house of the Lord and the house of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, that is you and I. Scripture says that we, the body, are the temple of the Lord. We are the temple of Christ. So if we are the house on the mountain, what does that mean for us as Christians? It means that the church of Jesus Christ is meant to rise up and sit on the hill like that so that it is visible to everyone. But I also like this phrase. It says two things. It says, The the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established, meaning it shall be solid, it shall be strong. And secondly, it says it shall be lifted up, it will be visible for everyone to see. Now you take that to the New Testament, it says that you are the light of the world. A city, what? Set on the hill cannot be hidden. That's you and I. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand, and it gives light to all that are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, whether you are at pick and pay, whether you are at Woolies, whether you are at work, wherever you are, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You know, every time you read Scripture and you see repetition, repetition is for emphasis. You notice that the word light is repeated a couple of times there, and then it also mentions the word glory. And when you do a word study on those two words, you find that there's a number of scriptures where light and glory appear together, and we'll come to that just now. Why do we need both light and glory together? But I want to bring your attention to this, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. So as the church of Jesus Christ, we're meant to rise up so that people will see what God wants to do in the nations today. People will see what God wants to do when you and I begin to shine some light. A lot can be said about the imperfections of the church of God. But I want to say to you that the church of Jesus Christ, it is solid, it is beautiful, it is rising and it will be visible to all men to see. The church of Jesus Christ is rising up. 
And I want to share a story with you that will show you what I mean when I say the church of Jesus Christ is rising up. You remember that a, a few years, uh, last year, early last year, we had a heart to uh, do a land think tank where we discussed what does the Bible say about land reform and restitution. And uh, after we'd done this land think tank with some of the brains trust we have in this church, we were able to put together a document, a submission that we sent to government. And after we'd sent this document to parliament, uh, there were over 700,000 submissions from South Africans, from businesses, from different organizations. Now, you tell me, out of over 700,000 submissions, and they picked up only 30 to go and present to government, 30. Why were we chosen as part of the 30? A lot of people ask me, why were we chosen? And I think I have an answer for you today. A city on the hill cannot be hidden. A city on the hill cannot be hidden. As the church of Jesus Christ, I think when the parliamentarians were going through all the documents, they got to every nation. They said, these guys, they've got something to say. And the story doesn't end there. When the land report was presented to the president, someone called me and says, Pastor Sai, have you seen the land report? Some of what's in there, it's word for word, verbatim to what we submitted. And I'm like, I'm still waiting for the call from the president just to say thank you, every nation, for helping us. When the church of Jesus Christ begins to rise up and we become all that God has called us to be, nations will flow, nations will flock. I also want to use this opportunity to say that we have not forgotten about the xenophobic violence. We are praying and we're trusting God that we will do something about it. We have not forgotten about the gender-based violence. Just this last week, we were preparing for 2020 and the sermons that we're going to do and the things that we're going to do. I'm excited that one of the sermons that we're going to do is going to be called, Praise God, It's a Girl. Some of you didn't get that. Praise God, it's a girl. It means some cultures, when a girl child is born, they don't celebrate in the house of the Lord. When the girl child is born, we celebrate, we close down the street, and we say, praise God, it's a girl. And we don't just want to celebrate. It's what we do about protecting and looking after the girl. By the way, I mentioned that we close down the street. Some of you may not understand. Let me give you a cultural interpretation of that. In my family, when we celebrate, whether it's a wedding or a birthday, we close the street, literally. You get what I'm saying? We put a tent in the middle of the street. We put a tent right there in the middle of the street, and we get these big speakers and we celebrate. So we want to close down the street for a girl child. We want to close down the street and say, God created a girl child for a reason. She's got a destiny and she should not be afraid to walk the streets of South Africa. I digress. But it's important. I'm excited that we can close down the street for the girl child and let her feel safe on the streets of South Africa. The church of God is meant to rise up and speak. Then the nation shall flow to the church. I like the fact that scripture says, all nations shall flow. It means the word flow, it means they will come in with no hindrance. Nothing will stop them from coming. 
Pastor Steve Morrill, when he was here two weeks ago, he shared with us that we need to look at immigration with a missiological lens. Meaning that when people come to our country, come to this house, we need to see that God has brought them here for a reason. There's a reason why we have other nationalities in South Africa. Can I hear amen to that? God has brought them here for a reason. A few years ago, we had Lord and Agnes come and be part of this church from Ghana. Agnes had an amazing job in one of the management consulting companies in Santon. And well-paid job, but after they were discipled, and they got a heart for their nation. They moved back to Ghana. And as I'm speaking to you now, there's an every nation church in Accra. A disciple-making church. A socially responsible church. A Christ-centered church. Working together with other churches to make an impact in the city of Accra. There are certain people God brings to our house to disciple them. They go back to their homes. But certain people are here to help build South Africa. Amen. The Bible says he shall judge between the nations and shall decide disputes for many peoples and they shall beat their swords into plowshares. They'll take their guns and use them as building trowels and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they lend war anymore. We look at this and we say, generation after generation, they've been longing for freedom from war. Lord, when is it going to happen? We choose to believe the promises of God. Promise that says, violence shall no more be heard in your land. Devastation or destruction within your borders. You shall call your world salvation. They will come in and it will be a place of refuge. They will be saved. And your gates praise. The word praise speaks about worship in the nations. It was John Piper who said that missions exist because of lack of worship in the nations. We do missions because there's no worship in the nations. We go because there's no worship, there's no praise. And closing with this, O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the house of the Lord. I believe this is an invitation. Come. And when he says, O house of Jacob, when he says the people will look and say, let us go to the God of Jacob, he's speaking about you and I. Remember it says, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So the Bible says that we who belong to Christ are heirs according to the promise. We are Abraham's seed. So you and I are part of God's lineage. So it means that when he says, come, let us walk in the house and in the light of the Lord. This invitation is for us to be those who will shine light in our nations, in our nation and in the nations. The word of the Lord is challenging us to arise and shine for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you and His glory will be seen, light and glory. His glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. It means we need the light of God to pierce through darkness. We need the glory of God to take away the thick darkness that is over the people. Now, this invitation is to come and shine. I don't know how many of you have missed a flight in your lifetime. Okay, this is a good time. You can raise your hand. I want you to tell people how painful it feels like. Yeah, For those who raise your hand, 
please go speak to them after the service. Tell them how it feels like to miss a flight. I've missed a flight twice in my lifetime. The first time it was my fault. And I learned the hard way. The second time, I think it was not my fault, but I, I think it was not my fault. But you will see what happens when we have an invitation and we don't respond to the invitation. How I missed this flight was I was sitting in the lounge enjoying good coffee. I said to Tiam, I think it was Burundian coffee. Tiam and I, we like Burundi coffee. I'm sipping my drink and then I go to the gate. And when I get to the gate, they say, well, the gate has been changed. It's another gate. I run to that gate. Gate's closed. Can't go. And it was an international flight. Let me save you what happened afterwards. On Thursday, I have a dream. For some reason, the Lord wanted me to revisit that traumatic moment. I have a dream. I mean, at the airport, I'm sitting waiting to go to, to catch the flight. And then I go to the gate. They say the gate is closed, but we will let you run to the plane. Remember, it's a dream. <laughs> it doesn't happen in real life. They will not let you run to the plane. And I, when I woke up, I felt the Lord was speaking to me and to us to say, this is what happened with some Christians. You are sitting enjoying the coffee in the lounge somewhere. You are sitting enjoying McDonald's. I don't know, you don't eat McDonald's. You, whatever you are, you are sitting enjoying your life and going on doing your shopping, wherever you do your shopping. When you've been invited to be on this adventure with God to change the nations. So the invitation that Tiam is going to tell us about now is how can you be part of this adventure that God has for you? Otherwise, you're going to live with the pain of missing a flight. Let's play a video about our missionaries that we get to partner with who have chosen to catch a flight. And then Tiam is going to tell you how to get involved. Hi, this is Lord from Accra, Ghana. Um, since planting here, we've been reaching out to young couples, families, um, and students, out of which we now have over 15 leaders that we've been discipling, and some of the leaders also on campus. Uh, these are the people that have become a, a core part of our team that we are looking to build with. Hello from Nairobi, Kenya. This is Lennon and Letty Hoffman. We have been missionaries um, for over two and a half years. We want to send a very big thank you to our reach partners. Thank you for the way you pray. Thank you for the way you give. We know that over the last two years, we've been seeing the Lord just answering a lot of your prayers. Um, just last year, we were in danger of having to leave the country. But you guys prayed for us, prayed with us, and God gave us incredible favor with the immigration office. And our work permits came through. Salbona Bazalwana, Kingdom Greetings from Eswatini. We are doing well. Current I are doing well. Our girls are fine. We are now settled on campus and we have our discipleship process in, in, in place and we are looking forward to a fruitful season on campus. We are so thankful for your prayers and your support. It's making church planting in Eswatin possible. May God bless you as we continually uh, pursue the Great Commission together. Thank you. Bye. 
My name is Sipogazi. I'm currently serving as a missionary here in Bangkok. And I want to say thank you to all of our REACH partners because literally you are that support structure for us missionaries. We're able to stand on the field because of all your support, whether it be financial or whether it be through prayer. Or even those texts that people send to just really encourage and those words that people send. We really, really appreciate the fact that we don't go down to the mission field alone, but that we've got a support system. Thank you so much for being my support system, Every Nation family. Everyone, my name is Chirizika Beni. I'm currently a missionary in uh, Every Nation Japan. Really, I am so thankful for every one of you that has been praying for us and giving so that um, the gospel can be preached in Japan. This is Derek Modley from Winnipeg in Canada. On behalf of the Modleys, we look forward to seeing you guys next year July as we come home for a short break and we have 150 people attending our Sunday services and about 65 people attending our more Tuesday and Wednesday breakfast programs which is amazing. Yeah and things are going well so keep praying for us that as we start reaching out to the local community in the season. From the Hoffmans and the church here in Every Nation Kenya we want to say thank you. Thank you, Pastor Sai. It's an honor to share the pulpit with you. And uh, <clears throat> it's my honor to speak to you about how we're going to respond to this invitation that Pastor Simon mentioned to us. This invitation to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, to be the light and the salt, as Jesus has asked us. How are we going to react to this and how are we going to respond to this? It's my privilege to share with you on this. This invitation is not an invitation to an easy life. This invitation in Luke 15 verse 1 to 32 seems to be a very urgent call to us. Jesus says, untold. The pronoun that Jesus is using, they kind of create a bit of a tension in our hearts that this is urgent, that this cannot be left for very long. Because he's talking about seeking the sheep until they found. Seeking the coin until it is found. And Jesus laid this in our hearts that this call, this invitation is an urgent invitation to preach the gospel and take this gospel and leave no stone unturned till they found. This call, this invitation is not an invitation to an easy life. The end of that clip, reach, thank you. What is reach? We did a survey to find out from you what you know about reach. 50% of you said that you don't know what reach is. Reach is our initiative. Every nation is a legal entity under registration of every nation to empower the local church to raise funds to go on missions and plant churches. It is to empower the local church to go and plant churches. REACH is a vehicle to help us as a church to go and be the, the, the salt and the light out there and to plant churches. 
and as a legal entity. Through REACH, we want to engage you in your devotional life. We want to ask you to pray with us. We want to engage you on your finances. We want to engage with you on the call to actually go, to get on a plane and go somewhere and preach the gospel that this gospel might be known in the ends of the earth. Not because we are great people, but because Jesus has given everything. Because He is the ultimate who is worthy of all of our praise. Therefore, we pray. We reach up. Our dependency is upon God. We cannot reach the ends of the earth if our dependency is not on God. In 2019, we've prayed and we started off the year and we're going to start 2020 again with a, with a week of consecration. And during that week, great faith, we have prayed for nations that we trust in God to see every nation churches to be planted. We ask of Him and says, God, give these nations to us. Open these nations for us so that we can see churches planted in these nations. And then every month, every first Thursday of the month, you prayed with us. And according to the survey that we did, 84% of you have committed to pray with us, has, has agreed that you, you take those time to pray with us. 84% of you. And we have prayed and we see things happening this year. As we prayed month after month for a nation, we have seen doors starting to open in Uganda that we just prayed last week for. We have seen doors open up in Rwanda on campus that we can see that, that nation reach. We saw Burundi starting to open up for the gospel. Friends, God has heard our prayers. He has responded to our prayers. And of all of those nations that we pray, pray, pray for, seven of them was in unreached nations. We were asking Jesus to open the doors for us. Thank you for praying with us. 2020, we will continue praying and asking God, during 2019, we have gone in 10-day missions. We took a little action and says, Lord, we will go. And we've rallied up 10-day missionaries to go to the nations to preach the gospel. We went to eight nations, eight destinations, six nations. We've preached the gospel. A hundred missionaries have went on these missions. It is only 12% of us who has responded to that call. And we've gone and we preach the gospel and 170 people come to know Jesus. As we go, God will change the world. After the first service I had, we had a 10-day missions team here from Washington. A young man comes up to me, he says, Tiam, he says, 10-day missions changed my life. If you want to change your life, Go on a 10-day mission. Go on a mission. You will not come back the same. I promise you that. We're also going to go on 10-day missions in 2020. But today I want to pause a little bit and I want to stop here. Friends, 22% of us, according to the survey, has given financially to this call to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. We did great Praying 
We saw God doing some phenomenal things through that. We had people who respond to go, who was willing to say, Lord, yeah, I am, send me. But friends, we need to put action to our prayers. I'm reminded of Exodus. Exodus. Oh, where is the clicker? Sorry. I'm reminded of Exodus 14, verse 15. The Israelites is, 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 is at the Red Sea and the Egyptians is behind them and they're crying and the Lord says to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Friends, we have asked of God. 2020 is the year that we have to get off our knees and we have to trust God during our finances, by going on 10-day missions, that we will take this gospel to the ends of the earth. Not because we are great people, but because Jesus has given everything He had so that the earth will come and be flooded with His knowledge. The knowledge that He's the Savior, the light in the darkness. Friends, this is not an invitation to an easy life. Last year, my wife and myself bought a house, moved closer to church, and things didn't work out as, our, as we budgeted. Our budget plan didn't work as we tried to. And we had an option. We had an option to decide to cancel our rich pledge every month to support missionaries and church planters, to be able to preach the gospel in Japan, wherever it is. We had an option to cancel it. It was the easy way. It seems like the, the easiest way because it is easy to give up there. But I can't. I cannot do this. Because this Jesus who has saved me, this Jesus who is worthy of every sacrifice, is worthy to be preached to the ends of the earth. And therefore, I will rather give up on my DSTV contract than giving on, on my pledge to see the gospel get to the ends of the earth. Friends, this invitation for the light and the salt to get to the earth to the ends of the earth is not an invitation to an easy life. When did the gospel become an option to us? When did the gospel to get it to the ends of the earth became an option to us? It's not an option. Jesus says, this is count the cost. Count the cost. It asks everything of us. It asks your finances. Friends, we've been praying, and I'm going to ask you to pray with us in 2020. I'm going to ask you to go with us on missions 2020. But today, I want to ask you to stand with me in faith. I want you to stand with me in faith by pledging that you will give towards it. Every first Thursday of the month, you pray with us and you fast with us. Can I ask the money that you would have spent that day on, on eating? Can I ask you to pledge that? 
Can I ask you to take an action of faith and say, Lord, I would have eaten on this day, but I choose to fast and pray for the nations. This I'm giving so that we can preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. If you are with me on this, can I ask you to raise your hand? I want to put a pledge in your hand. Friends, I, I, I don't want this to be... <laughs> Please, friends, this is not... The gospel is not an option. The gospel does ask my finances. It does ask my generosity. It asks everything of me. If you have been given to, to reach and you want to increase that pledge, I am going to ask you to fully install a new form for me, please. But friends, through our giving, we've raised 300,000 hands last year. If each one of us here is giving only 50 rand a month towards reach, we will more than double what we're giving right now to get the gospel to the ends of the earth. Friends, can I ask you, do let this, this, this not go past you right now. I'm going to give you a few minutes to fill it in. I'm going to give you a minute or two to fill it in. But I want to ask you not to take this form home. I want you to make it out in your heart now. To commit to it now. Speak to Jesus now. And commit to an amount. If you're going to leave of that form, believe me, something else will tuck in your heart. Friends, I ask you to stand in faith with me. This gospel will be preached to the ends of the earth. We will send people to the ends of the earth to be the light, to be the salt. Friends, this invitation is not an invitation to an easy life. It asks everything. Thank you.